for the next two Sundays, uh, my message will be focused on prayer. Uh, this Sunday, we're going to look at and learn about prayer in a general sense with selected scripture references. And next Sunday, we will be looking in depth and learning about the richness of the Lord's Prayer, also known as the Disciples' Prayer. I will try to take that apart and expound it so you will see that than just a prayer that we memorize and we stand up and say it because it will help you. What I want to say to you that today my message If I say you, three fingers also pointed to me, okay? I have to admit that I've been pretty much beat up already by studying prayer in my own life. So don't worry that I'm pointing finger at you, right? Same to me as well. My purpose and desire are that, number one, You would be, uh, you would, you would have better understanding of biblical prayers. Two, you would be encouraged to pray more throughout your day. And three, that you would develop God-centered prayers in your own prayers. That's my reasons. Luke eighteen one. Now he, Jesus, was telling them, the disciples, a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. The Apostle Paul also exhorted the Thessalonians believers to pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Luke 11.1 1, He says, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. Here, a disciple asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Prayer is a lifeblood of Christians' walk with God. Prayer connects us to God. Prayer is an active way to love and connect with others. And prayer makes room in a person's heart for God's correcting voice. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. So anything other than that, other than a continual attitude of prayer and communion with God is sin. Anything that interrupts our connection to God or leads to self-reliance is wrong. Have you recall when you do something and people say, don't worry, you got this, or I got this. 
That's very common nowadays. But do you ever think, God, I don't get this. I need help. Okay? So for believers, our spiritual victory is directly related to the quality of our prayer life. Listen to that. Our spiritual victory is directly related to the quality of our prayer life. So my questions, or my questions to you, how is your prayer life? What is your prayer life like? Pray without ceasing? Pray whenever you feel like? Or not at all? One of the four areas in the vision of Beacon of Hope Church is devoted to prayer. The other three areas, dynamic corporate worship, saturate with scripture, and intentional discipleship and leadership trainings. So that's the vision of Beacon of Hope Church. In the area of devoted to prayer, it states the following. We envision a culture of prayer to permeate every aspect of church life. Prayer exhibits humble dependence upon God and open doors, the door to his power. It is one of the tools he has given us to do his work on earth. We will provide an environment that encourages corporate as well as personal prayer for every member of the church. Prayer must reflect the priorities God gives us in his word and not simply be thought of as a means to escape suffering in this present life. And that's one of the reasons Glenn mentioned about our prayer evening Sunday, that you could come and joy and be prayer for or also pray for others. That's important. Devote to prayer. Devoted to prayer is also connected with worship and prayer, one of the five pillars or functions. Those of you who are members of Beacon of Hope, you may have gone through that. One of our day-to-day operations or philosophy of ministry. We operate within that five functions. So we're worship and prayer, learning and discipleship, fellowship and community, evangelism mission, and mercy and compassion. So those are the pillars that we operated at Beacon of Hope Church here. In worship and prayer, it states the following. We will pursue God-centered worship and prayer corporately for the congregation and privately for individuals and families. Our passion is to develop people who honor God, exalt Christ, and joyfully treasure Him as the normal daily experience of their Christian life. Now listen to this. 
Take it as you wish or what you may think of this. According to the U.S. News and Belief, Belief Net survey results title, How We Talk to God Regarding Who, Why, How, Where, and When People Pray. They reported the following. Who and when? 68% Christians pray more than once a day. They didn't say where the 32, the other 32. 37% of Jews, Jews pray more than once a day. 92% Muslims pray more than once a day. Here are some of the reasons, the whys. 93% Christians pray for God's guidance. 91% Christians pray because they want to give thanks to God. 70% Christians pray for others, families, friends, strangers. So think about that in your own life. The average Christian spends less than 10 minutes per day in prayer. So why don't Christians spend regular time in prayer? Here are some of the reasons why. Why Christians don't pray as they ought to. And this could be any order, not, not the highest or the lowest. Pride. Don't believe in prayer. This is unbelief. Weakness of the flesh. Lack of spiritual discipline to pray. To, to pray. Have left the first love. Don't want God dealing in their life. There are sins in their life. Laziness, things take priority over prayer, have become faint-hearted, lack of spiritual prayer, and lack of time. So these are the lists, what people said, or Christians said, that they don't pray as much as they should now, again, I want to admit to you, I've been beat up already, so I'm not retaliate to you. I love you guys, okay? So why does, let us pray, and we'll get into the, the text, the, what I want to talk to you today. Oh, Father, what amazing that you would provide a way that we could communicate to you 24-7 I cannot think of if, if we would talk to our favorite president 24-7, I would say that many of us would do that. But you are the almighty God, the creator of the heavens, the universe, and you know everything. And you make a way to us that we could communicate with you 24-7, anytime. 
yet we are falling short of that. We confess to you, Father. But we pray and ask that you would enable us to examine our own hearts and that we will come with the attitude like Daniel would when we come to you with fasting, with sackcloth, with ashes, pleading with you. We know that you are faithful. So, Father, as my message today, may you encourage our people. Father, we need your help. We need the Spirit to intercede for us, to help us pray when we are weak. And we thank you that we have that. And we give you praise and glory in Christ's most precious name. Amen. So the word pray occurs 109 times in 106 verses. And the word prayer occurs 112 times in 104 verses in the New American Standard Bible 1995 edition, both in the Old and New Testament. The most used of the Greek word for prayer, a prayer in the New Testament is pras ukramai. And it is translated in the following manner. Pray, to make prayer, pray for, and it is defined as to offer prayers or to pray. Pras ukramai, to pray is always use of prayer to God. And the most frequent use word in this respect, Matthew 5, 50, or 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's the word used in there. Pras ukramai. Matthew 5, uh, 6, 5 to 6. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, Go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's the same word, pray, that I just talked about. First Timothy 2.8, Paul said, Therefore I want men in every place to pray, Lifting up the whole, uh, up holy hands without anger and dispute. For the word prayer, the most frequent use is similar. The Greek word for prayer in the New Testament is prasukre. It's translated in the following manner. Prayer, pray earnestly. And it is also defined as prayer addressed to God and also a place set apart or suited for offering prayer. 
like a synagogue or a place in open air where the Jews went to pray outside the city where they had no synagogue. Such places were situated upon the bank of stream or the shore of a sea where there was a supply of water for washing the hands before praying. In scripture reference to Acts 12.5, so Peter was in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. Prayer was made fervently by the church of God. That's prayer earnestly. Matthew 21.13, he said to them, it is written, this is Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a robber's den. And this is a place set apart for prayer. Excuse me. Acts 16.13 And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. This is a place suited for offering prayer. So that just gives you that definition of translation of the word. Jesus taught that men ought to always to pray and not to lose heart. Matthew 18.1 Paul added that we should pray at all times, all times in the spirit with all prayer and petition, and be on the alert with perseverance and petition for all the saints. Ephesians 6.18 and pray without ceasing, ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, uh, 17. So my questions to you today is prayerlessness a sin? Is prayerlessness a sin? Are you a prayerlessness believer? What is the consequence or prayerlessness. Let me give you some of these to think about it. Prayerlessness ignores the gift of intercessions that God has given us. We're called to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, James 5.16. Paul often solicits the prayer of God's people on his behalf. Ephesians 6.19 Colossians 4.3 1 Thessalonians 5.25 And Paul himself was faithful to pray for them. Ephesians 1.16 Colossians 1.9 The prophet Samuel saw prayers on behalf of the people of Israel as a necessary part of his ministry. He said, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord 
by failing to pray for you. First Samuel twelve twenty three. According to Samuel, prayerlessness is sin. Prayerlessness is antithetical or opposing to a good relationship with God. God's people will have the natural desire to communicate with their Lord. As David said in Psalm 5.3, In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice in the morning. I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. The biblical command, commands to pray are accompanied by wonderful promises. The Lord is near to those uh, to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. Psalm 145.18 Prayerlessness is defiance toward God's command to love one another. And we are not only to pray for people who are easily to pray for. Beloved, if you have somebody in your own life that challenges you a lot or you just don't get along with, pray for that person. It will change your attitude. It will. Paul said here, first of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, 1 Timothy 2.1. Jesus gone further and said, Jesus tells us that we must also pray for those who persecute us, Matthew 5.44. This message of Christ to love and support everyone with prayer, even those who are hard to love. I don't know about you, but I do have family members that are, yes, difficult, but I need to pray for them. And I need, my wife and I, we do that. So that just help us not to have any attitude toward them. So it helps. And I talk, I share that from experience. Jesus said, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. Matthew 24, uh, 26, 41. So prayerlessness, prayerlessness clouds our hearts to temptation surrounding us and lead us to further sin. And the consequence of prayerlessness is temptation and falling into sin. Now next time if you are being tempted, get on your knee and pray for God to deliver you. So how should we pray? How should we pray? A few examples of majestic and effective prayers are Daniel's prayer, which I read this earlier this morning. Daniel 9, 1 to 19. And the Lord's Prayer, which we'll be looking into next week. And 
Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17, 1 to 25. So as, learn, as we learn about prayer, I want to encourage you to be aware of your own pattern of prayer. Examining carefully for strengths and weaknesses and be prepared to make any necessary changes. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean to do nothing but pray. It simply means to live in a constant state of God consciousness. If you see a beautiful sunrise or a bouquet of flowers, your first response is to thank God for the beauty of his creation. If you see someone in distress, you intercede on his or her behalf. You see every experience of life in relation to God. God wants you to be diligent and faithful in prayer. You know, the best person to look in prayer when you you look and you study scripture is Jesus. Jesus is our best example, pray without ceasing. Jesus was continually in prayer mode while he was here on earth. He was shown to pray alone in public, before meals, before important decisions, before healing, after healing, to do his Father's will, and among other things. There are so many biblical references showing Jesus praying. Jesus pray, Jesus pray all night before choosing his 12 disciples, before raising Lazarus from the dead. Jesus prayed for Peter's faith when Satan asked to sift him. In the Garden of Gethsemane before his betrayal, Jesus prayed three separate prayers. Right after being nailed to the cross, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And while he was dying on the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's his prayer. And in his dying breath, Jesus prayed, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. And he breathed his last breath. And that's our motto. 
Jesus also taught on the importance of prayer, including the Lord's Prayer. Now, if you take all of the places that show Jesus praying, you will have a perfect outline how to pray. This morning, we're going to look at the following three points regarding prayer. One is the nature. If you look at the outline in your bulletin, the nature of prayer. Two, the practice of prayer. Three, the struggle of prayer. And then a few practical applications that you could take it and appropriate into your own prayer life. When you pray, you need to remind yourself of. Philippians four six to seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let's look at the nature of prayer. For a believer, prayer is a learning experience that must be developed into a spiritual discipline. Prayer is a learning experience that must be developed into a spiritual discipline. Scripture tells us that God is very interested in our personal struggles. And prayer is an effective way for us to communicate with God. It can change situation and people. We are encouraged to pray, expecting results. Prayer should never be limited to a certain times, places, or circumstances. In Luke one eleven one, Jesus, one of the Jesus disciple asked him to teach them to pray. So they need to learn. They they want to learn. Prayer is communication with God, and like all communication, it can be developed to maximum efficiency, or allowed it to languish. Which you choose. Will determine the quality of your spiritual life. The purpose of prayer is to express our submission to the sovereign of sovereignty of God and trust in His faithfulness. Prayer is the means by which we express all that is in our hearts to our loving and wise heavenly Father. Prayer is not to give God information, because He knows everything, even before you said He knows. He knows your heart. Prayer brings us into reverent communion with God, worshiping Him and acknowledge Him 
as the giver of all things. According to the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit assists us in our prayers. Romans 8.26 It says, In the same way the Spirit, capital S, also helps our weakness for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself, that is the Holy Spirit, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I'm just going to throw this to one of our in-house scholars. This is not speaking in tongue. <laughs> and he knows who he is. Intercede mean, means pleading or asking in somebody's behalf. So when we are weak, we still need to pray. This is what Psalm 34, 15 says about the Lord. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. David brought his complaint and trouble before God in prayer. I pour out my complaint before him, God. I declare my trouble before him, God. Psalm 142, 2. And we as believers are encouraged to approach God. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4.16 Jesus did die and make that way for you and I as believers to go before the throne of grace of God and bring our petition. Just think about that. When you, want, when you don't want to pray or when you feel like you don't, like, you don't want to pray. And we know that God cares for you, cares for us. Because he says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 6-7. The church prayed for Peter while he was kept in prison. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God, Acts 12, 5. And God answered the church prayer for Peter. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands, Acts What else does God grant to those who pray? We see in Philippians 4, 6. So when we pray, it said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and let your requests be made known to God. And what he grant you and I, his peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, 
will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Won't you want the peace of God when you are struggling, when you're facing challenges, when you don't know what to do? Um, I remember there was time in my own life, my wife knows about it, that we pray a lot because, you know, one of our children just going through a lot. And I just told my wife, say, honey, let's just get on our knees and pray. That's all we could do. So, and sometimes it's very hard. I remember she would say, Lord, I don't know what to say anymore. And, yeah, that's the struggle we have. Some people want to limit prayer to a certain posture. But scripture tells us of people praying while standing, sitting, kneeling, looking upward, bowing down, lifting up their hands, sometimes to limit prayer to certain times of the day, such as morning, evening. But in that Bible, people pray all times, morning, evening, three times a day. We see Daniel before meals, after meals, at bedtime, at midnight, day and night, in their youth, in their old age, when trouble and when joyful. Scriptures, scripture places no limits on the place or circumstances of prayer. It tells us people praying in cave, in a closet, in a garden, on a mountainside, by a river, by the sea, in the street, in the temple, in bed, at home. And listen to this one. In the stomach of a fish. In battle. On a housetop. In prison. In the wilderness. And finally, on the cross. The point is, There is no specific correct mode or kind of prayer. And prayer is is not limited by your location or circumstances. You are to pray always. That includes any kind of prayer on any subject, any time of the day or night. One of the joy that I have with Michael Waters is that he prays a lot. I remember Michael and I, we went to a ship, his uh, belonging to the Philippines. And we, load, we loaded the truck, we got there, and we got so early, we were like two or three hours early, and the truck was not there. And Michael said, hey brother, let's pray. And we prayed that the, sh- the truck would show up. And that's just, who Michael Waters is, he prays. And the more you hang out with him, you, you just pray with him. And that's, you know, he prays. Oftentimes, we meet somebody who says, can I pray for you? That kind of person. However, ironically, the freedom of worship we enjoy, especially in the United States, and our high standard of living 
makes, make it easy to become complacent about prayer and to presume God's grace. Consequently, many who say they trust in God actually live as if they don't need him at all. Such neglect is sinful and lead to spiritual disaster. Let's look at the second point, the practice of prayer. Throughout the Bible, God encourages and commands believers to persevere in prayer. We will discover, and you will discover many guidelines to help you develop the practice of prayer in Scripture. Scripture tells us that that there is a hindrance to our prayer being answered. As I stated earlier, prayer is the lifeblood of Christians' walk with God. It connects to God. It is an active way to love and connect with others. And it is a learning experience, experience that must develop into spiritual discipline. Therefore, Prayer is so vital in a believer's life and needs to be practical as well. So what are some of practical ways that you can implement into your own prayer life? Do you have a prayer closet? A quiet place where you can pray out loud and freely? What about going for a walk and pray. I know of a pastor who does, uh, who does just that. Go for a walk and pray. And pray for his congregation. What about on your way to work? Stop somewhere quiet. Spend some time praying before going to the office. I know that it's difficult, but like I was saying, it doesn't because it plays in circumstance. And we need to make as practical to us so we could be with God, talk to him. Men, do you pray with your wife and children? Do you lead them in prayer? Do you step up and pray in public when called upon? I encourage you, especially you men, to put prayer into practice in your own life. None of us have it down perfect. We are struggling with prayer at different levels. However, remember that the Holy Spirit assists us in our prayers. Luke 18.1, the disciple ought to pray and not to lose heart. So we ought to pray not to lose heart. Believers should pray all times and for all believers With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Ephesians 6, 18. Now, one of the messages that uh, Jesus taught his disciple is to be persistent. And this is found in the passage of Luke 11, 5 to 11. Jesus taught his disciples what to expect 
when they persist in prayer. And the key takeaway from this passage is persistent. Persistent, continue to pray. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you and ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Peter said, you husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way as someone weaker since she is a woman and show her honor as fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Disobedient to the word of God and sins can hinder our prayers. Last point, the struggle of prayer. Prayer can be hard, but that should not keep us from praying. Even it requires sacrifice, even, if, even when we are frustrated or discouraged, we can still approach God in prayer. Prayer is governed by God's sovereignty, and His purpose determines His answers, His answer to our prayers. I must confess to you, I still struggle with prayer. And left alone, public speaking. Don't let me fool you. You heard that. Prayer and public speaking. This is just a fear of speaking in front of others. And it's just half of the battle. The other half is my own personal prayer time with the Lord. I can't easily be distracted with things and the affairs of the world. So I need a quiet place away from noises and distractions in time just to prepare myself to stay focused. I had peers when my prayer was sparse, not as intense, nor God-centered, rather, but rather self-centered. I could and should have prayed more with my wife and children as I ought to. I am sure that all of us are struggling some degrees in our prayers. These are very real instances and believers everywhere experience them. I am sure that all of us feel very inadequate when it comes to our own prayer life. However, that does not give us or give a pass not to pray regularly. Jesus spent the whole night praying to God before he selected the 12 disciples. Luke 6, 12 described the intensity of Jesus as he prayed in anticipation of the cross. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently that his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. David said in Psalm 13, 1 or 2, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long would you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul 
having sorrow in my heart all the day, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? In Psalm 22, 2, O my God, I cry by day, and you do not answer, and by night, but I have no rest. Paul pray how many times regarding to the thorn in his flesh? And did God answer him? Second Corinthians twelve seven to nine says, Because of the surpassing greatness greatness of the revelations, for this reason to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implore the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he, God, has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfect in weakness. Mostly, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. What did Jesus ask the Father concerning his hour of suffering? What was Jesus willing to do? Mark fourteen thirty five thirty six 36 said, And Jesus went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Is it our prayer that God's will be done in our life? I'm going to give you a quick application, and I will wrap it up. Next week, I will really dive into the Lord's prayer, the pattern of that. Quickly, use this as you see fit in your own prayer life. The Lord's prayer, the pattern that Jesus set up for us is like, here, here how it goes. Our Father who is in heaven, pray to God. Hallowed be your name. Exalt God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Submit to God. Our daily bread, look to God. Forgive us our debts, our sins. Confess to God. Do not lead us into temptation. Depend upon God. Deliver us from evil. Trust God. That's kind of the pattern that when we pray, think about that. There are four important areas as you pray. Think about this. And many, many of you old saints, you probably know this. Adoration. Reflect on God himself. Praise him for his attributes. Take some time to learn about God's attributes. And make that as a prayer for you when you go before him. His majesty and his gift of Christ. The next area is confession. Admit to God that you have sinned. Be honest. Be humble. Remember, he knows you. He loves you. He knows everything before you. Just think about it. If you have sinned in your own life, or you are not right with your spouse, try to pray. It's very difficult. 
That's what confession is. How about thanksgiving? Tell God how grateful you are for everything he has given you, even the unpleasant things. Your thankfulness will help you see his purpose. Be thankful. That's one of the being a Christian. Supplication. Make specific requests. Pray first for others and then for yourself. Have a list. Who do you want to pray for? Other things that you could pray for. Do that. So look at the adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. If you take the first word of that, you form the word act. Many of you may know this and use it in your own life. That's how I first learned how to pray. Use this acronym as guide to maintain balance as you pray in your, your, your daily prayer and just follow that. And finally, as I stated earlier, my desire is that you would have a better understanding of the biblical prayers and you'll be encouraged to pray more throughout the day. Uh, I have been really beat up by study and bring this to you. So, you know, I, I count that as a privilege. And also develop a God-centered prayer in your own life. Meaning, may not just the thing that I want, I want, but it's how can I pray for other people? How can I pray that God's will be done in my life? How can I pray for the gospel to move forward? And those are the God-centered prayer. There's nothing wrong praying for what you, your heart desire. And as long as you, are, you abide in his word, he will answer them accordingly for, your, for his own glory and for your joy. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this uh, morning about prayer, that you would uh, allow us to come to you through prayer, that we get to communicate with you and talk to you, speak to you, and you answer Uh, You are faithful, Father. You answer prayer that may not be the way we want it, but you are wise, all-knowing, and you answer them accordingly. Maybe it's not now, maybe it's later, or maybe it's time, but help us not to lose heart or be discouraged. And when we we face challenges, uh, even a little things to a large thing, that we will turn to you, we'll call upon you, the Most High God, the all-knowing, all-powerful, that will make prayer as part of our routine, everyday life as Christian, as believer. Father, that's the only way and that you have given to us how we talk to you and through your word, through prayer, through scripture, and help us not to take it for granted. And uh, Father, I pray for our people here that they will be encouraged today that, uh, Lord, it's not about me preaching on them, but it's just to share your word. And I, Lord, have been very blessed by this. And thank you so much for your word. And your word is truth. And we know that we will be sanctified by your word because it is the truth. And we give you all praise and glory in Christ's most precious name. Amen.